0: Hi, and welcome to the sales enablement pro podcast. I am Shauna Simawong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space and we are here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Thank you so much for joining us today. I would love for you to take a moment and just introduce yourself, your title and your organization.
1: Yeah, so my name is Imogen McCourt. I'm Global Head of Sales Enablement, Ops and Training at Argus Media. Argus Media is a a price reporting agency, so we supply
0: the markets with data and insights uh, to support trading and traders. What are some of the ways that sales enablement can impact sales rep productivity?
1: Yes, it's a good question
0: Um, and it's important.
1: Uh, It's well understood. Uh, It's a little bit like uh, selling time. You know, are we making our reps as productive as possible? Are they doing the best things with their time when they have time in front of a client? I I talked earlier about this route to rep concept, this idea of simplifying for our partners internally, the way that they get their ideas or the messages or their tools to the rep. And I think that's incredibly important because it stops them being distracted by noise or uh, pieces of uh, content that aren't going to be really super productive or sorry, help them be super productive. I think you can look at it through that, the blunt instrument of how many reps what's the overall number they're closing i think you can look at um, the next level down from that which goes back to improved win rates faster sales cycles and and really important important for me is conversion rates from stage to stage through a sales process are they qualifying the bad deals out early I just don't want the sales organization to be focused on things that aren't going to close. I want them to be thinking about the ones that really are showing true buyer signals and really are going to go somewhere for us. I have I have another element to introduce to this as, as ever. I sort of feel like I think about this both in a quantitative manner and a qualitative manner in all things. Very broadly, there's this common perception that sales reps think about um, how they can earn their money, uh, their money motivated. And and I certainly wouldn't disagree with that at all. But I think if you're really trying to drive world-class sales organizations and world-class sales rep productivity, you need to think very seriously about how your teams are motivated and how you can create a constantly curious approach to their attitude. That's, for me, how you get at real productivity. So engage with them, find their motivators, understand what underpins them what's what strengthens their resilience what gives them grit at the end of the quarter or the end of the year and then provide them with what they need to be really truly productive um, by hitting those motivators by helping them be strong even when they're tired at the end of quarter as I said there's some context to this many years ago I worked on a consulting project which was about benchmarking uh, process costs one of the things we looked at and we looked at absolutely everything we could think of was uh, employee seconds. How how productive per second we could get an employee to be who was running a process. And I still remember to this day that if you work a 40-hour week, then you have seven and a half million employee seconds per year per person. It's a crazy number to remember, but it'll stick with me forever. So honestly, during this project, we thought about hungover mornings, we thought about structured bathroom breaks, we thought about uh, timed tea breaks, but it's not about that. That's, That's upside down or inside out. It's about helping people know exactly what the next best thing to do is and where that information is, how to find it and how to know whether it's working we can look at productivity ratios in dollars or pounds or per head and it's a strong steer. But if you're really motivating people and you can see um, what's working, you can also see what's working, what's not working, and you can back that out and you can try and fix it.
0: I love that. I love that. Have you found any consistencies on, on what are the components that do motivate most reps? Well,
1: yes. Interestingly, we have now this isn't rocket science it is about um helping the you know the very executive leadership in an organization and even the most senior people in a selling organization realize that um your commission structure takes you so far with your reps but actually they all want to be developed and invested in and see what their what their future looks like they want to know that they are you know loved and cared for in a place that's going to actually drive some uh, success for them so um, what we have done just recently is um, a huge piece of work to roll out competencies and to roll out objectives uh, for our organization now it was a it was a hard-won piece of work to do. Uh, it took a long time and a lot of resource. Um, and we wanted to complement competencies with clarity on behaviours and skills. And we did this top to bottom, CSO to entry level. We, we mapped out and we looked at, with working groups and with external best practices, what would make a fantastically successful Argus sales rep anywhere in the world, anywhere in their career. Um, So we rolled out objectives and competencies, as I said. At the end of one of the first working sessions we did when we were rolling this out to the sales teams, a salesperson came up to me and said, Imogen, I finally understand not just what my company want me to do in terms of hitting target, but how they think I should be doing it What will make me successful and what I need to do to develop and advance my career at Argus? And I feel like I can own that success and I know where to go. To, to develop myself, to get to the next stage. So that person is no longer sitting at their desk, you know, ticking the boxes and, and doing the administration in CRM to show that they are uh, busy. They're now genuinely owning and thinking about what their next step could be and how to do something to make them productive and successful. And that's That's fantastic. If they feel empowered, then we're a long way into making them really, truly productive as well.
0: Absolutely, and, and you alluded to executives and sales leaders as well. And and how is it that you think sales enablement needs to work with those executives and sales leaders to both get their buy-in, as well as help move them forward as well and get them to see the value of sales enablement? Um, well, I sit at the table, I mean, I report into our chief sales officer and I
1: meet weekly with our global COO. And I think that exposure is really important. Um, I think making sure that you understand why your company is investing in sales enablement as a a department and that your, uh, meeting or driving or steering those objectives and that you're constantly revisiting them with your sponsors. So I talked about the, uh, the purpose statement or the vision or the charter and making sure that you've got your executive sponsors involved in that. Um, I think if they feel bought in from the beginning and influential from the beginning, that really helps. And if you can lay out for them what you're going to be focused on, whether that is short-term uh, payback, whether that's lots of iterative changes over several years, or whether that's a long-term uh, return on in investment, then if they get twitchy, if they start to ask, well, what are we doing this quarter? What are we rolling out this quarter? It doesn't matter because we can take them back an up level and say, look, we are continuing to hit our numbers. We are driving productivity. We've brought in a, a bedrock for change. And guess what? You know, 12 months ago when we sat down, these were the core areas that you asked me to focus on. So that, that's one element to it. We touched on the idea of making sure that you know your audience and you're spinning your information, or spinning seems a bit strong, but you are articulating and, and clearly uh, talking about the metrics that matter to the, to, the, to the audience members, depending on where they are in the organization. My CSO and my COO They honestly don't care how many people have been through training or how many hours or how many pieces of content we've developed for them. They do care that we have uh, reps who are staying, that are onboarding quickly, and that know how to be successful fast. And they're the sorts of things I talk about with them. We have a quarterly sales leadership meeting. Uh, I'm part of designing that and I'm obviously in that as well. And so we talk about initiatives and we get people uh, re-engaged and thinking about what they will do when they go back to their desks, when they go back to their regions and how they are part of driving that success forward. So I, I never talk about sales enablement success. I always talk about their success, how we can get them closer to the number and how the metrics that perhaps trip off the tongue very easily to us about win rates and conversion rates, why that's important uh, to every single rep that they have in their teams.
0: Excellent, excellent. And it is important to have a seat at the table. You also alluded earlier that it's important to make sure that that sales operations and training are components of enablement. Within a lot of organizations, there can often be a hierarchy struggle. Sometimes sales enablement reports into um, operations and sometimes vice versa. And it sounds like you're making the recommendation for operations to fall under enablement.
1: Um, I don't think I... I'm not somebody who cares particularly about hierarchy and perhaps that does me a disservice. So I think the recommendation is that these teams are core partners with each other. I know that my sales enablement programs wouldn't work without the insights and the skills that our sales operations team bring to that. Of course, I've built a department where enablement and ops and training are seen as equals and work together as equals. There's been a lot of work to think about the value that we offer to each other, and we think about something as end to end. Um, And I had a blank sheet of paper basically, so I could do that. Um, So I have a group of people, let's call them sales operations, who bring deep analytical and strategic planning to the table from the very tactical spotting snags in our process or managing and looking for leading and lagging indicators to opening up and viewing where future opportunity might, might be. And I add to them the sales enablement people who tend to be more plugged into the day-to-day uh, sort of selling environment, and we have trainings so who can bring uh, this to life and execute on the things that sales ops might have spotted need fixing. Um, So I think that, you know, end to end, we we operate as one. uh, Rising tide raises all ships, right? Um, But it's amazing to have a group of people who can do that analysis, can have a look at the metrics. Uh, You know, we have reporting on tap and we have the complementary skills from the enablement and the training team. I think as long as everybody understands the aim and the purpose, the name or the business title of the people you're working with isn't necessarily the most important thing. It's more about do we have the right team in place, um, bringing the right skills or competencies to what we're trying to achieve? And you know, can I get everything out of the way to make sure that they can deliver on it? Um, do I think enablement should report to ops or ops should report to enablement? i honestly don't think it matters i think what does matter is that you have a common understanding and it's about uh, mutual benefit which is we're all successful when our sellers are successful and when we're growing as a company
0: i love that that was the perfect answer (laughs) well it's (laughs) my
1: perfect answer because that's what i design Um, i'm sure there are companies that need better, deeper process first or operationalization first, but you can't do one without the ability to bring that to life. Uh, And the selling conversation is the design point here. Come together and think about how to make our sellers successful in front of our clients and differentiate in the client environment, and we're all successful ultimately.
0: How would you, for other practitioners that are just getting started, where would you recommend they spend their first 100 days? my God, learn from my mistakes,
1: I think is probably where (laughs) I would direct them. Um, Everybody says when you join a company, spend a lot of time listening. I think sales enablement practitioners come from all sorts of backgrounds. Um, Mine was clearly sort of process and engineering, but with also a a commercial background, you have people who come out of HR and training, people who come out of ops, uh, people who come out of marketing. So I would come up to speed on the areas that you're less strong on. First, I would spend time with the sales leadership team and listen for themes or issues or problems. Um, money is being spent if you're building a sales enablement practice, so you know go back to the why. Why is that? Where did it originate from? Is it internal or external? Um, ours was external, it was a private equity company who really said, you've got to think about how to do sales enablement, you should invest in that. So I had more times to spend selling the power and the outcome and the impact of having a sales enablement department. Um, then if you possibly can, and if it's a new company to you, go out with your sellers use the the newbie card ask to go on the road with them Um, make sure there's a good narrative for why you're in a client meeting listen to calls if you can't get out on the road but really understand how your clients engage i actually own client success as well Um, and so i spend a lot of time thinking about and hearing what sort of questions we get through the client success team, that's a great way to get to the reality of how your your customers and your prospects are actually experiencing uh, working with you as a company, with your services, Whether what sort of value they're seeing, because um, perception is truth there. So whatever you're being told by marketing or the product teams or your selling team, what the client says is really truth. So, you know, proactive listening to all of those different groups of people, and then think about, um, the processes that are in play are they well embedded are they well understood do you hear the language of that process outside of the seller's organization or not think about your tech landscape um, is it designed for selling or is it designed for fulfillment or finance and what you need to sort of clean that up or invest in uh, how is relationships with marketing it's one of those friction areas in all companies what can you do there to try and get some quick wins and then and only then sit down and write your strategy paper and propose the charter. Honestly, genuinely try and give yourself or buy yourself as much time as possible before committing to paper what you're delivering over 12, 18 months, two years, align it to the go-to-market strategy, align it to the key company metrics and outcomes. And any advice you can get from anywhere, listen and take it you know even even i've been doing this for 12 years longer probably for my sins i will still come into a company humble and listen first and then believe that i have bought myself the right to speak aloud some of my ideas and some of the things i think we should be driving towards
0: I love that. Uh, on the note of the sales enablement charter or purpose, how have you, given that you've been in the space since since the very beginning in two thousand seven, <laughs> how would you how would you define its evolution over the years?
1: Um, sales enablement, generally, gosh. So, I mean, obviously. People hadn't even thought about enablement and there was definitely this, you know, well, yes, I'll give you some scraps from the table and let's see what you can do. But, you know, in my world, I had this gift of working with these these great brains and these great leaders right from the beginning. Um, I think that we are less apologetic and defensive. I hope people aren't offended by me saying that, you know, other sales and professionals might have felt they've never had to be uh, defensive or, or proving themselves. But I, I think in terms of, of us as a community, I think that, um, well, A, we have a voice now. Um, and I think that's really, really fantastic. You know, some of the things like the soiree, the sales name society, sales name pros, that it's a really, really lovely way to show that we're starting to show um, some real change and some real impact. I think that... Um, we we seem to care about each other. So everybody I've come across is very collaborative and there seems to be less focus on this idea of, you know, where do you report or where do you come from? I I touched on it. Did you come from HR? Did you come from finance? Did you come from ops? I think we're starting to focus less on where we came from and more about what we're trying to achieve. Um, I also think in my experience, Sales enablement is less... Well, perhaps this is not fair, but it's moving away from just being the VP of broken things. We're starting to be more about the VP of, can we get some stuff fixed or get it done? And we're starting to have the right to say, say no to an organis- to people within an organisation. That is, uh, we're defined enough to say, no, that is not our remit now. Uh, this is why and how we're delivering value. And this is why I'm saying no for now anyway. Um, I think there are some really strong frameworks, there's fantastic proof points, and frankly, we've become a market, you know, there is technology now designed to sell into us, that means that we have budget in a way that we didn't have before, and, you know, as soon as you get interested in interesting uh, for, for vendors, you know that you're a, an organisation or a, a movement that is interesting beyond just what people are trying to do
0: internally at their companies. There are a lot of practitioners in the space that see the future of sales enablement as becoming a growth function. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Honestly, many of us are still trying to build a really slick present for sales enablement. Um, but with that said, I do believe in the maturity curve. I do believe that we have become more than just a set of uh, tactical executions um, that there is a, a discipline around sales enablement now and I think we're moving to a, being considered more of a strategic approach so Tamara Schenk talks about it in her CSO insights work and very eloquently as well and I you know she's she it, these are her thoughts but i um, I know that I have said to my last two employers if I do this well you're gonna you're not going to notice you're not going to be distracted You'll find yourself doing a new business as usual and it will be better and you will be more successful and it will be repeatable. And that, when you have that experience as a sales enablement professional or as a you know an internal customer of sales enablement, that when that's when we've really moved it towards a strategic approach. And I think we'll continue to move in that direction. We won't talk about big flashy sales enablement rollouts or programs. We won't find ourselves firefighting and, and tactically addressing things or other we probably will always be doing that but this new normal and don't get me wrong I'm thinking 10-15 years from now it will be about programmatic output and it will be so well accepted across the company strategy and sales strategy that the frameworks and the approach will just be embedded in everything that we do I don't think the department or the idea of sales enablement will go away but ultimately it's about all departments in the company thinking about go-to-market and moving as one to make that as easy as possible uh, to sell to and to maximise how the clients and our prospects hear about all the great things we're doing and that it's resonating with what they're worried about and thinking about. So I hope that makes sense. I'm basically saying we are maturing and we will move away from a set of Functional, practical, tactical uh, programs, and become just a strategic approach, just embedded in the way companies think about their selling organization.
0: I think that's a beautiful future for sales enablement. Well, I love
1: it. puts me out of a job, but uh, yes, I think it's a. I think I genuinely hope that that is something that we can move towards in the next, as I said, ten or fifteen years. I, if I may, I have one more thing to add. I think that one of the things that's really powerful about what's happening in sales enablement and the next stage in our maturity curve is the fact that there's technology that's designed for us we're not having to accept sort of tack-ons to CRM systems we're not having to think about vanilla content management platforms that we're genuinely empowering our selling organization and we can start to look at and track and manage and show them the leading indicators of using a particular piece of content or a particular approach and I think that's a really lovely place to be I can see huge acceleration in how we drive success going forwards and I'm excited about that
0: ask uh, on that note, if you had to give advice to some of the vendors in the space around how to make sure their platform is really truly built for sales enablement, what would that advice be?
1: Well, we worry about making sure the client is truly represented and the clients can be so broad spectrum. I think that um, helping us keep the client first, helping us think about not who is our uh, seller or, or how mature is our seller or how, uh, how experienced is our seller, but actually, um, who are our clients? What are they worried out? What, about? What are their buying roles? Um, helping us get our content to our sellers based on that, that's really powerful and that would be really, really
0: helpful. Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.